Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Victory Baptist Church in Hope Mills, North Carolina. I pray that God uses this message to help you worship God, strengthen your relationship, and glorify Him. Without further ado, here is this week's message. All right, if you would open your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Um, We're continuing our sermon series through the book of Luke. You know, we took a break for our Christmas series, but we're back now. This is our second week being back in Luke. Um, Typically, for our sermon series, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, for our our series, um, we simply walk through a book of the Bible, verse by verse, section by section. Uh, The idea is that we keep the passage in in context, so we understand what's going on before or afterwards. Uh, We get a better understanding of God's Word that way, and a better, a truer understanding of the message that He has for us. Um, We want to really understand what that text is saying. For this series, like I said, we're working our way through the book of Luke. This morning, we're going to be... Uh, James, could you click on the presentation for me? Uh, we're going to be in chapter 14, verses 7 through 24. Um, and the main idea, or the title of the sermon is, uh, where are you going to sit? Where are you going to sit? Um, the main idea here is that is uh, for us to honor others and to kill pride. Honor others and kill pride. Now, as we go through this, you'll see that those are actually two sides of the same coin. Honor others and kill pride. Um, so I have this broken down into the three divisions. Uh, the first is seeking honor, and then showing humility, and finally is to serve others. I'm going to pray, and we'll get into this text. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray as we open up your word that you will illuminate it for us, that you will let your light or let your word shine into our hearts and reveal the sin in our hearts. God, help us to surrender that over to you so that we can live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so like I said, we're in uh, Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 14. And to start off with, we're just going to look at verses um, 7 through 9. So I'll go ahead and read that for us. It says, When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor for someone who is more distinguished than you are has also been invited. I'm sorry. He says, what if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. So we're going to start off here and notice they're talking about a dinner. Uh, Of course, we have to talk about the context here. That's what I just talked about at the, the introduction here, the, the context. What's going on in this passage? Well, Luke tells us that this is happening at the same dinner that we talked about last week. If you remember, Jesus went to a dinner at the Pharisee's house, and he confronted the Pharisees about their hypocrisy. A man came to be healed, and the problem was that this was on the Sabbath. So Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts in religious law uh, if it was legal for Jesus to heal on the Sabbath. They refused to answer. Jesus healed the man, and once again, he scolded the Pharisees. Now, I know we talked about that, uh, we talked about that last week, but this week's uh, the, the story is at that same dinner. Honestly, I think it probably happened immediately afterwards. Immediately after Jesus scolded the Pharisees, I think he looks around and he sees all these people um, trying to get the best seat at the table. For us, it's been a week since we last read that. For the people here, it, I think it might have been moments that passed, maybe moments. All right, so he, he finishes with the, you know, scolding the Pharisees, and he takes a breath, and he looks around. He notices all those who had come to the dinner were trying to sit at the seats of honor near the head of the table. So, 
again, like I said, I don't know specifically the timing. Um, it seems like they were really close together. It's possible it could have been a little bit later in the evening at the same dinner, but I think, honestly, they're right there together. The people are coming in, and they're trying to claim these seats of high honor. There are really only two reasons that somebody would do that. The first and the obvious answer is they think they deserve that honor. Well, the second reason, it's less obvious, is that even if someone doesn't think they deserve that honor, they're trying to convince others that they do. Both of these come from a place of pride. Now, there are several places in the Old Testament that Jesus could have referred to here where, where God condemns pridefulness. We're going to look at just a few. In Proverbs 11.2, it says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 16.5, The Lord detests the proud, they will surely be punished. And then Isaiah 2, um, 11 and 12. Human pride will be brought down and human arrogance will be humbled. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. For the Lord of heaven's armies has a day of reckoning. He will punish the proud and mighty and bring down everything that is exalted. So Jesus could have chosen any of these verses or any of the numerous other Old Testament passages that discuss the danger of pride and God's displeasure in it. Instead, he, he chooses to tell a story, or, or uh, he, he wraps up the same lesson in, in different wrapping paper, and he gives an object lesson. He says, when you're invited to a wedding feast, or, well, they're not at a wedding feast right now, they're just at a dinner, but he's talking about when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit at the head of the table, the head, don't, sorry, don't sit in the seat of honor, for if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited, the host will come and say, give this person your seat, then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Like I said, this is just another repackaging of 11.2, or Proverbs 11.2, pride leads to disgrace. This might seem like a, a pretty mild rebuke, and the situation described um, seems like a, a pretty mild disgrace. But of course, Ju Jesus is using this situation to make a point. The point that Jesus is making is that if you are constantly trying to show everyone else how important and honorable you are, then your disgrace will come and you will be embarrassed. On top of that, if you're always trying to show how great and distinguished you are, then people are going to look for the opportunity to dishonor and to shame you. In Matthew 20, 16, Jesus says, So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Now, there's a lot in that passage, and there's a lot more that we could, we could spend some more time here. But before we get too much into that, I want to keep reading about what Jesus says, right? Uh, he doesn't tell us, or he doesn't just tell us what not to do. He also instructs us, instructs us on the right way to act. So going into verse 10, instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, clear, uh, Jesus clearly clearly struggling with my words this morning. Jesus clearly tells them to show humility. Don't seek honor. If you live a life of humility, not trying to display your greatness or boasting pridefully, then, then it's hard for others to dishonor you. Live a humble life and you'll be honored. There's a problem though, a big problem with humility. And the problem is, is that we can't try to be humble. Because any effort to be more humble ultimately leads to more pride. Seeking humility is a prideful endeavor in and of itself. Trying to be humble only leads to pride. And when you think you've achieved humility, that might actually be the epitome of pride. So then, 
how do we live humbly? How do we seek humility? How do we grow in humility? Well, Paul lays that out for us in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. There it is. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others, too. See, the key to being more humble is to think of others more. The key to being humble is to think of others more. Not thinking, how can you be more humble, but instead focus on others. C.S. Lewis summed it up nicely for us. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Even more specifically, to really grow in humility, it's not just thinking of other people, but thinking about God, focusing on God. Worship Him. Glorify Him. Recognize His greatness. Talk about His greatness. Give Him the credit for the blessings in our lives. Tell others about the promises that He's given you. Share the good news of His salvation and show the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in your life. The only way to be more humble is to focus on others more than yourself. The only way for us to be more humble is to focus on others more than ourselves. God first, others second, and ourselves last. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was a pretty big campaign that was I Am Second. Um, and the idea behind it was that we're focusing on others first and, and myself second. I was not a huge fan of that. The idea is it's a good idea, but instead of I Am Second, I really thought it should have said I Am Last because it's God first, others second, and myself last. I think that's a better way to understand the way that Scripture tells us to have that mentality or to, to grow in humility. Of course, if we keep reading, Jesus talks about that too. Picking up in verse 12, Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. So Jesus now, he's, he's, he's talking to the host, the person who invited all these people to this, this dinner party. And he says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite the, the people who are going to invite you back. Don't, don't invite these people who are well-known and, and who have the ability to repay you. This is what I was talking about. Jesus warns about self-service, self-serving service, right? We, we can serve others in a way that, that we're really trying to find that glory for ourselves. But when it's God first, others second, and ourselves last, when we're serving others, we're not doing it to see what, what pleasure or what, what gifts we can get out of it or what, what blessings we can get out of it. When we're serving others, we're doing so so that, that we just serve them. We please God and serve them not doing so to, to find our own pleasure in it. Obviously, Jesus is giving a specific example, but he's not intending for this to be applied only in that situation. This truth is, is broader than just when you're throwing a dinner party. When he says to serve and honor others, we don't do it with an, an eye for how it benefits us. We do so out of the joy of serving them and recognizing them. Even more, in the example that Jesus gave, he's, not, he's talking about throwing a banquet. Right? Not just serving someone, but 
honoring them, recognizing them, honoring these people. But look at the ones that Jesus says should be celebrated. He says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. These are folks who who would have been outcasts from society. In Jesus' time, in, in that culture there, these would have been the nobodies of society. They would have been shamed and ridiculed. These are the people who, who others would wish would just kind of go away. They, would, they didn't wish harm on these people, but they just kind of wanted them to disappear from society. They were a strain on society, and so people would have just wanted them to just go away, just disappear somehow. They, they're ruining their, their clean and tidy lives. These, these are the people that Jesus says to invite to the banquet. These are the people that Jesus says that we should honor and celebrate. These are the people that Jesus says we should serve. It's the people in our society who have a great need. Right? The people that others in modern society ignore or try to get rid of. People who have no means to repay us. Those are the people who Jesus is telling us to serve here. Now, I doubt any of you think that I'm off the mark here. But just in case, here's some other passages that back up that same truth. Sorry. James 1, 27 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and, refu- uh, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Proverbs 29, 7. The godly, care, the godly care about the rights of the poor. The wicked don't care at all. Proverbs 21, 13. Those who shut their eyes to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. And then Matthew 25, 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it, to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When we serve the poor and the needy, when we serve the poor and the needy, we are serving Jesus. When we serve those who cannot repay us, we are doing the Lord's work. When we only serve others because we're looking at some, for some sort of kickback, we're only serving ourselves. That's not actual service to others. It's self-serving service. Jesus calls us to serve those who cannot repay us. But that's not to say that our works will go unnoticed. Notice at the end here, Jesus says, Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Jesus says that our reward is coming at the end times. When Jesus returns, and all who have passed away will be resurrected. Those who died without ever receiving Jesus as their Savior They will be resurrected to judgment and sent to hell, which is what we all deserve. But Jesus came and he died for us, taking the punishment for our sin so that we can be saved through faith in him. When we place our faith in him, believing that his sacrifice perfectly and completely atones for our guilt, and we trust in him as Lord, then we are saved from that judgment. We're saved from hell. Those who are saved... In that resurrection time, those who are saved will be resurrected to a life with Jesus for eternity. That's our reward. When Jesus says, when you're invited to a wedding banquet and you come in and and you take that seat at the high table, or you you take that that seat of honor at the table, and then you're shamed and and you're told to go sit down at the foot of the table, he's talking about the resurrection, that that, that day of, of resurrection when people will be resurrected for judgment. And those people who are seeking pride in this life now, they will be shamed at that time. And they will be sent to hell. But for those of us who recognize that we need a Savior, and we live a life humbly serving others, 
Jesus says, at that time, in that resurrection, then we will be honored. When he, Jesus talks about being uh, seated, uh, seating at the, the low seat at the table, and the, the host comes in and says, no, 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 I've got a better seat for you. Those of us who have been saved, that's what he's talking about. We live this life humbly now, and then at the resurrection of the righteous, we will be invited into heaven to live with him in his perfect eternal kingdom. We don't serve others for the purpose of earning this. We serve others because we are already citizens in the kingdom of God. We're not trying to earn that citizenship. We're living this way because we already are citizens. Jesus has saved us, and our eternal destiny is now heaven. But we don't have to wait to get there to start living that way. When we are saved, he gives us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, and he empowers us to live a life of righteousness in obedience. So we live now as citizens of the kingdom. That's why we serve others, even those who cannot repay. We serve them because Jesus is our Lord. We serve them because it gives us pleasure to do his work. He is our Lord, and it pleases us to be obedient to him. That's why we serve others. When Jesus told us to love our neighbor, he didn't mean just to have good feelings about them. He meant for us to go out and to serve them. So as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, living here now, we live according to those kingdom ethics and we serve others, even those, especially those who cannot repay us. Sounds like I've already gotten to the application. I kind of have. So our application here, uh, again, our application comes from our definition of a disciple, which we get from Matthew 419, where Jesus says, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And in that, we have our three indicators, the knowing, being, and doing. And so to know, our no application here, is that uh, pride leads to disgrace. I'm taking this application point straight from Proverbs 11.2. It kind of feels like a, a safe bet, but it really is a great summary of what Jesus said in verses 8 and 9 of this passage. But when we're talking about more important things, about where you're going to sit at the banquet, the same truth still holds. When it comes to your salvation... Pride is extremely dangerous, but oh so easy. The pride comes in and it says, I don't need Jesus to save me because I can earn it myself. Most of us probably wouldn't actually say that, but we've all, we've all felt it before. Or even if we, wouldn't, we didn't recognize it, we've all acted that way before. Oh, maybe it was just me. But Jesus says that no one comes to the Father except through him. He is the only way to God. Now, I thought that I laid that out pretty clear in that last passage, but just to summarize, the Old Testament law shows us God's expectations for a righteous life. We all fail at that. Therefore, we deserve death and hell. But Jesus came and he fulfilled the law, both the requirements of living a righteous life according to the law, and he fulfilled the punishment that we deserve in the law so that we could be reconciled to God. Don't be so prideful that you fail to accept him as your savior. But also, even for those of us who are saved, that pride can, can still sneak in. I've said this many times before. The biggest idol that I struggle with is the idol of me. I think I'm pretty smart and capable. And, and when I start thinking too much of myself, I can start to think that I don't have to depend on God. I can start to act like I, don't, I can do it myself, and, and I don't need to seek his will or his power in my life. I don't think I'm alone in this, but maybe I am. In those times 
when my pride is getting the better of me, when I'm starting to fall at that, that idol of me, what's, what's the answer? Well, the answer is to be humble. That's our next application point. Be humble. It's so easy to type that and it's so easy to say it. But like I said, the funny thing about humility is that we cannot become more humble by trying to be more humble. The only way to be more humble, the only way to grow in humility is to think of yourself less. We cannot think too much of ourselves. We cannot think too little of ourselves. But think more of others. First, think of what Jesus did, what he did for you, how he loved you and how he sacrificed for you, what he sacrificed for you. Think of how he lived and what he taught. Secondly, think of others. What is it that they want? What are their preferences? How can you meet their needs or their wants? What about your life is getting in the way of someone else, of what someone else wants? Where can you defer your preferences so that you can serve others? And our due application point, it just leads right into that, is to serve others. Right? In this passage, Jesus specifically pointed to honoring and serving those in the community who society despises or ignores. Those in our community who are shamed or destitute. Jesus says to serve those who have no way of paying you back. God has given us great love, and he has blessed us all greatly. But he didn't do so just so we could keep it to ourselves. The blessings and the love that God gives to us are not for you to keep. The blessings and love that God gives to you is for you to share with others. He blesses you so that you can bless others, especially the marginalized in our society. Share God's love and blessings. And, th- and honor those who our society wants to ignore or push away. Then we will be doing God's work. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, this morning we talked about pride. Your word showed us the danger of pride. Lord, I know I struggle with pride. Father, I pray that you will help us all to recognize the pride in our lives. Help us to to serve others so that we can kill that pride. Help us to serve others so that we can be obedient to you and honor you. God, I pray that you will use us to glorify you and grow your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we've come to our point of response. You can respond right where you're seated. You can come to the front, pray at the cross, or you can come and pray with me. But please do not ignore the calling of the Holy Spirit this morning. Thank you again for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more information about our church, please visit VictoryBaptistHopeMills.com or Facebook.com slash VBCHopeMills. I would also like to ask that you rate and review this podcast. And if you found this sermon helpful, please share it.